Hi, I'm Marty Grizzani, and this is The Marty Grizzani Show. As a full-time real estate investor and business owner, I have a real fascination of finding the key principles for business success and personal development. This show is a reflection of my personal mission to find out what truly makes somebody successful in business and in life. We will find tools and tactics that they've used to reach those levels. If you're the type of person is not satisfied with average and you have a hunger for learning that will never cease, this show is for you. Welcome to the show. Because that's just the way I like to roll. See, Randy, here's the thing. A lot of people, they'll do a whole song and dance. You know, they'll be like, and today I got Randy Sperling, you know, and it's like the same, it's like the same thing, every podcast. And it's like, no, I want to talk about what's going on with your most recent, like social media posts with like RG and E, you know, like that's the shit I want to talk about. Like, I don't want to No, Yeah. I want to go and, and introduce you. Cause I, I, I think you're a, a truly special individual. I think you do unbelievable work i think what you've built is incredible considering the circumstances which we'll get into in just a minute with you know the beginning of uh you know how you started and you know what i mean and you know just an entrepreneur but tell so what's going on with rg e with you it's incredible so one of our investment strategies is to is to buy rv park right we own an rv park we renovated it we've had it five years it's been great um, what we find is that for six months that were closed, we still have to pay like an RGE delivery fee. So the first couple of winters were like, oh, wow, $150, $200 a month. Okay, delivery fee, we got it. We'll keep the power on in case we're going to do any renovations. We have access to power. This year, um, we've been getting our estimated bills at like $1,700 a month. And we kind of like, we're like, wait a minute, we're, like, we're not using any power. Our breakers are off. And then this morning I opened my bill and it was $3,195. Mm, yeah, and I'm yeah. like, I don't even have the time to call those guys, but now we have to, because at this point we've overpaid about $7,000 in a season that we're not even open. Um, it's just crazy. It's really crazy. What it makes doing. me sick. And for people that don't know, RG&E is the uh, energy provider, the gas and electric provider here in uh, Monroe County in Rochester. Well, at least in... Well, in a lot of areas, I guess. A lot of areas. Yeah, yeah a lot of areas. Um, well, anyway, it's a brutal thing. Everyone's dealing with it. I've actually, my slick trick is I'll just drive right to their office. I think I'm going to do that in Canada's office tomorrow. That's the move, you know, mm -hmm. because I don't think people really do that. And uh, I've been able to, you know, people are like, I can't get in touch with them. I'm like, I'm just going to drive right there. And it's five minutes from me from our office here downtown so but yeah it's it's brutal i don't know what they're doing but i uh well i think the concern that we would have is let's say we had sold the park to you and you just bought it at the end of season now all of a sudden you're getting these bills you think they might actually be legitimate bills but they're not within your budget like that's not within your budget and then by the time you open it may be up it may be down but you know how it is when you first enter a property you think you have all the numbers in play and if we told you, hey, it's about $300 a month in the off season, but you're getting bills for $1,700 to $3,100, we either look like we gave you bad information or you're stuck with this monopoly that is holding you hostage. They take your money. You know what I mean? You need it. Well, and that could be the deal. 
like that could be all the cash flow, like that whole thing. I mean, from mm-hmm. 300 to 1700, that's a gigantic difference. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you're going to put any money back in, it's just a mess. It's a mess all the way around. So, you know, and again, this is just for people listening. And for me, this is my show. So I get to ask the questions I want to know. Do you put it? So I saw it said auto bill. Is that what you do though? I mean, is that, we I don't do, trust the auto yeah. bill. I hate the auto bill. Yeah. So I like the auto bill in the sense that we have a lot of properties, a lot of businesses, and I, um, I just like yeah. things paid right away, you know, and it's yeah. very rare that this is an issue out of all of our properties. This is the only one when other people are talking about the utility issues, this is the only property we've had an issue with. Our home is normal. Our other pro- warehouses are all normal utility uses and, and charges. So um, I like the benefit of auto pay across the board on all of our bills. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Even though, like, I guess my pushback would be, is it because you don't want to take the time out of one of your staff members to to pay that bill and just kind of check on it? I just, I get, I don't know. I guess so, that's yes. Just... Yeah. Yeah. To me, I'd rather have a staff member do more high quality work. And for Got them, it. it's a quick check, right? They just do a quick check of all the bills, make sure the bills are accurate on time. The amounts are correct. And again, this is a very rare occurrence, but it's a okay. big one. You know. see, see, it's, it's, it's been, I guess, you know what it is for us is it's, it's been not rare. It's been happening yeah. consistently across our, our properties. And I, uh, I haven't done a good job of getting like actual reads. So that's on us. And for people listening, like the, th- that's a big deal. Like they'll, they'll just do an estimate and they don't know, and you don't know, and they'll just punch you in the face and they'll kill you. So We've taken the steps to have, a, you know, hiring a property manager who will who'll do many of the things. And that is one of the things that we just never had the time for. I mean, we were just, you yeah. heard me on the phone. I'm, we're deal makers. That's what we do. We don't have necessarily yeah. the best. We're not the best, you know, in the office and we need to get better. But what we found is that we just have to bring better people on than us at that part. And we can focus more on what we want to do, which is, you know, is do the deals. Right. And, uh, and, and that's the fun stuff for me anyways. What about you? Is that, are you a deal guy? I don't want to be a deal junkie anymore, but I do like looking at deals and making offers. Is that, is that kind so, of your philosophy? Here's, here's where I'm at. Um, I love deals and this actually is a great kind of segue into partnership conversations. Um, I would always start, find and buy my own deals. And then at some point, motivation and people excited, they want to come work with you. They bring you deals, you partner together. And um, now I look at partnerships a little differently in the sense of, I actually don't want you to give up too much of your ownership percentage. I would rather us partner through the channel of paying for coaching, consulting, and some systems in place um, because I think there's a lot of deals to be had. I personally don't really look forward to buying any more, but I love helping people get there. Mm, I love that. I love yeah. that. So let's talk about that. Is that something that you're currently doing? Talk to me about this, uh, this coaching and consulting. Like what would that look like? Cause uh, right. I feel like people need that. Here's why I think people need it is they need it from a business owner. Not see, you're a business owner. You've built businesses. It's not just real estate. I know real estate's right. one of the businesses that you've built, like a business, uh, a, a rental and a different portfolio. But I like that you come at it from uh, a different angle because you can, if you can do it there, I feel like you can do it with real estate. And it's just, I feel like you can give a different 
I feel like you can speak to different aspects of like hiring, firing, all these different things that a lot of people probably don't know in those systems that you needed early on. So like, I guess you talked about systems and consulting, but go just give me a little background on this because I think this is really interesting. So this is going to be long-winded two to three parts. Love it. When I first started my cleaning company, I was, it was 21 years ago. And I was hustling, 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 but I also knew I couldn't physically, I didn't think I physically wanted to clean forever. So I took my profits and I would buy and invest in real estate. I didn't really know what I was doing, but I had kind of a good mentor. He's a good friend of mine. And then I started reading a lot of books and the books laid out the systems. And about three or four years into buying real estate, I'm like, I can use those systems in my business. Mm. There isn't a whole lot of that conversation going on for my industry specific. Now, the word industry, what I find is that a lot of success happens when you talk to people outside of your industry. So your real estate investors who talk to business owners and business investors, I talk to people in my cleaning and restoration industry, and I talk to people in heating and cooling and cosmetics. I talk to them all because marketing is pretty much the same across the board. There's the same systems and tools that go into place, right? You have to have a good product, good service, all these great things. But you apply those to your real estate investing or you apply that to your business investing, it becomes very easy, right? Um, and that's where we have to be careful not to take on more business or more partnerships because you think it's easy, but it's still a brain drain and a time suck. Um, when I was going, when I said earlier about the partnerships, sometimes when you give somebody a, a quote, a quote for how much it'll cost to consult with them, it can be expensive upfront. It could be five, 10, 15, 20 grand. But I would think that you could, be better off in the long term paying 20 grand for a great set of exercises that allow you to then purchase your own properties or run your own business without a full-time partner that is 50%. And then how do you break that partner up? 100%. Right? It's a great deal. I you you're you are getting an education. It's like it's like paying for schooling right? And it's not paying in equity of a business that you're trying to start, right? That could last for however long. And like you said, the the tough things of navigating partnerships. And I mean, it's a marriage. It's like, okay, I mean, yeah. this is a real simple. And then, oh, by the way, you know, you you develop a real relationship with, uh, with your coach and mentor. And it, it just leads to a lot of different uh, avenues besides like that one business. You can really you can really, you know, kind of use them for a number of different, uh, a number of different things. So I think that's great. Yeah. I would tell people to always try to like network with people outside of your industry. I love you guys. It's in the real estate group. We're there to offer advice as, as our portfolio and our experience in real estate and business, but it's a two-way street. I mean, we do a lot of work for the real estate investors. We do a lot of the mold remediation, carpet cleaning, sewer cleanups, duct cleanings, whatever. Um, we also give them a price point that's reflective of that relationship. Um, but man, I'm telling you, when it comes to learning, it is so much free information out there, but mistakes aren't free. And sometimes you can pay to avoid those mistakes. Yeah. And I think what you offer, like I said, coming from like that business background before coming into real estate, I just think it's unique approach. And I, that's why I, I want to work with you. That's why I like what you're doing. Um, I, one of the other things I really like what you're doing is with your marketing. Why don't people do in your industry that you see more just social media? Like what, like, why did you start doing social media? Like what was it for you? And do you still feel like it's, um, 
that it's having an impact on your business? So there's a host of reasons, right? People are just normally insecure. They're, they're nervous to talk in front of people. Um, let me tell you about my next marketing. My next marketing started three years ago. You got that? So it's, it's my next thing I'm doing, but I started it three years ago. Three years ago, I set out to meet with every real estate group, meaning like real estate agents, bring them coffee, bring them, you know, advice, 15 minutes, bagels. Let me talk in front of their, their classroom that they're going to have that day for their CEs and things like that. Three years ago, I wanted 15 minutes in front of Keller Williams, Howard Hanna, Remax, all of them, right? Now, I just got certified in New York State's Department of Licensing to teach my own business class to real estate agents three times a year. So they'll be sitting in on my three-hour class. It's not a pitch. I'm not pitching the, the cleaning company, the waterproofing, or the heating company. It's a business class. But by offering that advice and, and being in front of them, you just get so much connectivity. And outside of social media, there's like this weird kind of like radar on my, or that's on my radar right now. People really dive into social media, but man, there is still a lot of value in seeing people face to face. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of people are just insecure. They get out there, they're afraid they're going to fumble their words. I don't care. I'll put a video out. I fumble words. We're people. It happens. Right. right. Um, but I also think that, you know, people do it wrong. And I know that, you know, there's no wrong way. There's a wrong way. There are people who just drive their service and their kind of, like whatever product over and over and over. And that is not a great way to do your social media. Uh, people, it's like a TV channel. You want to keep them entertained and you want to be honest. Nobody wants to watch a commercial all day long. Mm. Yeah, that's a really good point. And that's, that makes me kind of think about how we do our stuff here and how we do our marketing. And, um, you know, we try to, I think you're the same way. I know you are the same way. I think you, you try to go value, right? And it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's always about service. It's about, you know, hey, I heard this or I found this. This is, I'm talking about mine. Like, I, it's just kind of like giving something because, and, I, and the reason I give the information that I do is because it helps. Like if, if I can teach somebody, it's helping me learn it better. Yeah. yeah. Really? You know it's It's crazy. I'll never forget like, Sometimes, you know, I'd be questioned by friends who are like, man, you're kind of higher level. What are you doing meeting with someone brand new? And I'm like, honestly, when I go back to my notes and I talk to somebody brand new and I walk them through the baby steps, you start to recycle the thoughts like, hey, I should probably get back to my own baby step, recycle some of my own ideas, kind of go back to what made us successful mm. and kind of led us down this path because those things worked. You know, some of the basic things worked bringing coffee to groups, going to network group meetings. Like um, I view social media. I'll tell you why. There was a huge turning point for me. One of the things I was getting was invited to a lot of these specific three-letter groups. I didn't like them. It's the same nine people. They want to refer each other work all the time. So it's like Marty and I are having a conversation. Marty, can you get me an air duct cleaning? I would never. I, uh, uh, that's like old. I don't like that. So instead. I would rather come to a group and bring value, education, and it's a whole lot easier to listen to Randy talk about business and, and marketing than it is about the service we offer. Mm. But then people like connect to you, right? They're like, oh, he's got good advice and they have a good business. So I found that if you did it indirectly and honestly, it, it just was no brainer. So I went to social media versus these little like, I call them those lobby groups. You know, you know what I mean? You sit there, they, have, they meet every Tuesday morning. Um, instead of going to those lobby groups, social media is wide open. 
Um, now, on the back end, analytics, you can read all kinds of stuff. You can do lookalike audiences for your ads on social media. You can enter your CRM across the board. So I own three companies, partnership and two, um, but we can use all of our own customer database for social media ads, which is very nice, right? Because yes. if somebody has already bought a furnace from Potter Heating and Cooling, the chances are they might want duct cleaning. They're on our, our, our path when it comes to lookalike Facebook marketing audits. Mm, that's audience. brilliant. That's brilliant. Yeah. And that's like that. That's what they call like that being vertically integrated where it's like you can hit them with different levels of service and, and, and more so you already know the client. You have maybe like an email or something along those lines where you can start, you know, uh, sending I don't, whatever, just information about what it is that you're offering, but you can even target them on social media with a specific ad specifically for them. And because it's like, oh, you bought one 15 years ago or a furnace 15, whatever it might be in our system here, you're, it's probably coming soon where you'll need another. Like, it's like, hey, that, so I love that. I think that's great. And I agree that, you know, those BNIs or whatever it is, the the, the business say it. you didn't say it and i and i'm not and i'm not i think there's a i think there's tons i think there's value to those groups right i do I, especially yeah, if yeah especially if like you've never been to one you have to you should check them out just to kind of see if it's your if it's a good fit but yeah i mean there's way more people on social media at all you know what i mean at all times than just that that group and i think that is a little bit of a um i think those are kind of a they're Sorry. just yeah, I didn't. You said it. So I'm going to say that. I'm going to say that. <laughs> so, story. You, but we take our social media, I mean, we do take our social media seriously. Right? Yeah. Um, I mean, seriously to the point of investing. So we invest a lot in just like all the research, the analytics, the background, quality videos. I put out pretty good videos. You put out great videos, but the great videos you see us put out are all hired. Like mm -hmm. I have a media company that comes in, films my crew, my trucks, my services. We work over scripts. We work over ideas that we like and things that we want to pitch per season. And we run those as ads either on TV or through social media, through reels. Um, Facebook, Instagram, Facebook's better. Instagram's not bad if you're looking for a national reach. But um, there's like, I'm going to give everybody one quick tip. When you're posting, uh, let's say whatever service or, or whatever you're looking for, or something to convert to a service call or a product or sale for yourself. If you notice, I always put the town, right? So I might say like in Webster, New York. Mm. Okay, big deal. That means it'll populate in Webster. But what you don't know is if that, if you, pull, oops, sorry about my hands. If you pull that Webster banner off my page, before that goes up, I've put five or six hashtags, compressed them down, put them there, put the banner over it. Why do I hide the hashtags? Because they don't make sense. If you're looking at my duck cleaning company, there's no way I should be hashtagging pumpkin spice coffee. But guess what? Around Halloween, all my posts, pumpkin spice coffee, fall nail decor, like whatever the, the new trend is for the nails. <laughs> Newborn baby photography. Compress that thing, hide it behind the banner. Now you're reaching the audience of people looking at those photos and those videos. Interesting. I love that tip. That's great. Yeah, I, you're very purposeful. Right. In, in what you're doing. And I, I know that there's a strategy behind it in, um, in that. And I, I think just you knowing those things, and I have a background in digital marketing before we 
we're in real estate. And so it's like, if you can get that part and just at least know that it's important for your business, because some people are like, yeah, I don't need it. I'm word of mouth. And it's like, that's great. Word of mouth is always fantastic. Everyone loves word of mouth. But at some point you have to have that word of mouth transition online so that you can continue to have it work for you, whether that's through uh, whatever, videos from people talking about you or reviews or, uh, I, but I love the, that that you do that with your social media. I, th I think that's great. You know what, Let for people who don't know you, Randy, cause I know, I know you very well now and, uh, and I, it's always good to see you and talk with you and, and hear about what's going on. Can you just give people a little background on who you are, what you do and, and what you're doing now? Sure. So 21 years ago, I started on the spot cleaners as a carpet cleaning company. And then very quickly, I wanted to gain as many certifications as possible. And one of those were like uh, water restoration. So we'd start extracting water out of basements. That led to seeing mold on walls, questions from customers. Hey, we like your business. What can you do to help us get licensed for mold? Mold leads to air quality. Air quality leads to duct cleaning. Now we're running 11 service trucks a day, right? Um, along the way, made money. I have a very big fear of running out of money, so I never really paid myself a lot. I paid myself fair, uh, but I used that money to reinvest in real estate. And um, at one point, I had 33 units, uh, a few, you know, like a small handful of warehouses. And most recently, about five years ago, my wife and I had bought an RV park, renovated it. It's That's its own podcast someday. That's a great property. Um, about five, six, five, six years ago, I had the... Uh, the kind of the opportunity to purchase a heating and cooling company. And at that point, I have my own systems in place. I feel confident I have my marketing in place. And so I thought, um, I actually had read a book on Think Big, Grow Rich. So I was like, okay, at the time, I was only a seven service truck business and I had the opportunity to buy a 14 service truck business. And I did, but I did it with a business partner who, who absolutely brought the knowledge and the value. We set a timeline three to five years, and uh, then I would be out. And in about three and a half years, he was able to refinance, purchase out the business, set me on my way, fantastic. We're best friends, that business is Potter Heating and Cooling. Um, another business that I'm invested in is a waterproofing company. Uh, and the only reason I'm invested in that business is because the owner, the other owner, Anthony and I are very good friends and I didn't wanna steal his employee and start my own business. So. I, I just try to do business well. I, I won't steal your employee. So instead we sat down, laughed about it and then created a waterproofing company. And that's one year to date now that's been open. We have a great operations team there with about uh, four install techs. Awesome. And that's a great little business too. Yep. Awesome. I love it. Yeah. And, and that's, yeah, so that's, that's what you do very well. I feel like you, you can build businesses better. Like it's just, that's what you do. Yeah. One thing I would caution people on is, um, they get excited, right? They, when we talk, they get excited, like, oh, maybe what's my next thing, my next thing. And my, maybe it's maybe me just turning 46 and feeling a little older. When I talk to some of these younger guys in their 30s that are hustlers, I tell them your number one investment, if you're married, is your wife and your children and yourself. Because honest to God, over the last 21 years, business, it will just happen. You can make it happen better. Um, but it'll happen. It'll be there because you're, if you're a good operator, your business is going to be successful. Uh, but pay attention to your family. You know, mm. um, I think a lot of people will read all the real estate books. They'll read all the business books. Will will they pull aside a book on parenting and on relationships? I don't know. 
Uh, I've been fortunate enough that uh, my wife and I have a great relationship. Our, my kids and I are living the life. Um, my sons are 15 and 17 and they're, they're kicking my ass. I mean, we're skiing everywhere, mountain biking downhill. Um, but I set that in my schedule and it's really important to me when someone wants to bring me an idea, I'm like, well, if it doesn't fit in the calendar and that calendar starts with like us now, because our businesses aren't, they're not, they're never going to be passive, but they're very, they're, they're managed. Well, my calendar starts with either skiing or mountain biking, you know, the trips that we're taking, the time that we're spending together. And then if I have time to add another business, I will. Um, but I just caution people not to try to juggle too much because you do really need a hyper focus on one business at a time. And once you feel that it's really operational, before getting into that second business, hold off a minute and just watch it to see if it pulls you back in. Because um, sometimes when you're spread out, it can run flat and you think it's running well, but if it's not growing, it's not running well. Yeah, that's pure a gold. Flat business, a flat business is useless. There's no reason to have a flat business. That's pure gold, what you were saying. And it, and it hit me pretty good because you know, my wife and I were due with our first, you know, baby here shortly, March 23rd. Hey. So it's coming hey, up. That's almost soon. my birthday. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Hey, my birthday's baby. the 30th. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that she, she, probably, she doesn't <laughs> probably want to wait that long, but uh, she's yeah. ready now. But no, uh, and I know what I know we are, but yeah, I, I agree. That's why I really love podcasts and listening to different podcasts like there's a business ones and then there's you know those um personal development ones and because th then you get different kind of themes and like for instance i listen to ed Milet. i love ed Milet, and mm -hmm. he just had one on love right and um in relationships and i'm like when i'm looking at the title i go dude when i'm on my runs that's not what i'm trying to listen to i want to listen to business building and making money and those things right sure. but it's so good when you kind of go ah whatever i'll give it a shot and then you just learn a couple of things that you can take home to your wife or you can take home to your right. kids right and those things i think like you were saying that i needed to hear that but more of like yeah business will be there that's great but what are you doing it for right like what is it all for right and i think the when that came together for me is um a few times, even most recently, right? Everybody's talking about the economy or fuel prices six months ago, things that might have an impact in a service-based business. And I just sat down and I, and I talked to people. I said, hold on a minute. I, I've been here 21 years. There's companies that have been here 50 years and 100 years. It's our, it's our job to be successful with the rules that we're given. And the rules right now is that gas is expensive. And the rules right now is people don't want to come to work. Okay, great. We have to figure out as owners how to, to work within those rules and become successful not sit and wait, not get in the corner and cry. It's just not how it works. But there's also like this innate honesty. It's just happening. You know, it's going to be successful. It's in your mind. And if you think about the negative, you're going to bring it up. So I tell people all the time, like I am such a forward positive thinker that I worry if I worry that I'll worry it out. So I don't even try to worry. I don't even think about it. You know, we're aware, but we don't worry. Um, mm. And a lot of that, once you get going, of course, you get more confidence when you have more success, but it's crazy. I mean, I have legal pads stacked with ideas and plans, and a lot of those are accurate, man. They're years old, and they're accurate today. You know, you said something that I thought was really interesting. You were talking about your calendar and, you know, how people are, you know, they get excited about an idea and, you know, they want to bring it to you or they just, in, in regards to even themselves, they 
might have an idea for a business or they have something that they want to to accomplish and you said something but it made me think like if it doesn't fit my calendar right and it's kind of like for you now if it's not like a hell yeah it's a hell no is that kind of fair to say like if it's not like a absolutely yes then it's is it something that you even want to pursue like a property um, or a business opportunity yeah i almost come at it with a no already mm. because i already know um that i'm very satisfied and i think that's awkward for people to hear because they think aren't you supposed to get like the biggest and the best and the most and make two million dollars you know what all these things are and um again what i found is pretty much whatever opportunity i did take on took a lot of work and was successful so what's then there's nothing coming that's not going to take a lot of work or be successful and uh quite honestly i just i just already enjoy what we have and I'm not looking to double. So for an example, we're going to start running billboards on, on the town, in town roads, not on the highways, but in town roads. And we're not doing it so that we can get 12 or 13 service trucks on the road. I'm doing it because I want to test that market and see what it's like. And quite honestly, I am a little competitive. I want to dominate, right? Um, do I think it'll add a, another truck on the road? I think I'm already going to add another truck on the road. So this is just going to complement that. And it just helps it a little bit with our TV ads and our social media ads. Um, but when someone brings me, I actually don't think anybody's brought me a deal in a while because now they know the conversation is more like, here's a deal. Can you help me review it? And that to me is a hell of a lot easier than saying, no, I don't want to be part of it. Let's review it. I'm going to give you the, the pros and the cons, and let's see if you're able to make that work. Um, again, typically partnerships are 50, 50 outside of the waterproofing company. Like if I was to take another partnership on, it'd be 80, 20. Because I know my value and I would never want somebody to give up that much value. You could just pay to learn. It doesn't have to even be me. It could be anybody. Just pay to learn. Um, and learning could be in ways of taking on private money, right? A lot of guys do private money. Okay, four, 12, 14% interest seems high to your neighbor, but not to your investor. That's cheap. 12% on a short-term fixed loan is cheaper than 50% of that business forever. 100% agreed. Yeah, 100% agree. And you know what I really like about masterminds or, um, you know, coaching is that it's the people that are in them are people who want to obviously break through a different level. They want to separate themselves. And sometimes it's just that one thing. Like I had people talking to me about uh, a local coach here, like, hey, should I sign up? But actually, you know, it's Mad Druin's coaching. And yeah. uh, I'm like, listen, you know, the reality is, you know, whatever it costs, right? And it's it's not inexpensive and it's an investment. But I go, even if you get one thing from it, and I go, you're going to, but even if you just got one that could change your business, it you can't really put a price on it, right? It's, yeah. it's, it's a yeah. game changer. And that's that's why I... I believe in it because it's that first one, that first coaching, it's always a little bit like, Oh geez, what am I doing? But the, but once you're in it now, I, I would, I'm doing one. I have one every year. I'm a part, I have a different, I know not a different one, but I'm, I'll do a coaching or a mentorship every year because I want to get better. And even if it's just yeah. this little much, even if it's just that little, I just, I still want to improve. Yeah. But it's little, and that's the thing. I always think in terms of three to five years plus, right. So you're talking, it could be a little change, but you know, it's like anything, a little change today. 
we're talking 10, 15, 20 years from now, I plan on being in business 30 more years. So when you talk about a small move on the needle today, it's like anything. That thing's huge later on, right? The mm. dividends are huge, 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 huge. If someone tells you one idea, one path, one system, um, like for example, I have a mentor who's 74 years old out of North Carolina. My wife and I met, he and his wife in Aruba a few years ago. Now we were at a sort of a higher end resort, no kids, all, it turned out to be all like higher end entrepreneurs and business owners. Um, you know, it just happened that way. And then we connected with them. We visit them twice a year and I'll reach out to them and I'll make a call and I'll say, Hey, listen, I have uh, an employee. I want to level up. How do I protect my business? What do, and he stops me. All right, ready? Starts talking. Like he already knows Wow. because he's had 50 years in business and I take that information and now I know how to hand out stock options, how to use a buyback discount if this person doesn't stay 20 years, how to write it legally so that way I can use it across the board in all my businesses and incentivize other employees to grow. You know what I mean? Like it's hell, it's crazy. And it's not, it was never my idea. I had the question, he had the idea right? Or he had the experience. So um, it's just amazing what those little key points can be. I wish I had like a very specific one right now, but that one's a, that one's a good one. Yeah, that's incredible because you're right. I mean, it seems, you know, small, but those little, those little adjustments that you make with the idea that you get from somebody, and then it, and then it leads to another conversation and then it leads to somebody that you meet, right? And it's just, you, like, I, like I always say, like even just the people that are in the group, is insane. Like you get to meet the people that are in the groups, which is just, which is incredible. Now there were, there was a couple of questions I wanted to know from you because, you know, being that, you know, who you are and, you know, starting the businesses and, and then scaling them and, and, you know, doing what you've done. Do you have like a, like a process, you know, when you're making a decision, is there, is there a formula that you use or is it really just, I go with my gut. I've had the experience. Like what, what is it that you're able to do to, you know, make a, like a, a good decision? Um, natural ability. And I, and I usually wouldn't say something, I you know, almost feel like that's arrogant and a little like cocky to say, I'm telling you it's natural ability. If you and I sit down and you say, I have an issue with my business and we get talking in two or three minutes, I want you to come out with that answer, but I have it. So I know how to tee you up to make, to help you understand what that response should be. Um, and I think it, it just boils back to, are you running a business that you, you think and truly believe in, right? Now, people talk about passion and all this other stuff. Let's, you think I'm passionate about sewer cleanup? No, but I'm passionate about being able to operate a business that affords me a lifestyle to go live with my family. I am very happy that we're able to offer quality employment and pay to our employees, and they have a great work-life balance. It makes me feel good. Like, that's a feel-good business. Sewer cleanups discussing our business in general makes me feel good. So when it comes to making decisions, okay, are we going to grow? Before I grow, I might just talk to a few lead techs. How are you? How are you with working this overtime lately? We're at 45 hours. Once there's five people, there's five hours of overtime each. It may be time to hire a person, train them, and, and put them on a truck and get everybody back down to 40. No, 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 no. I like the overtime. Okay. So it's not my decision. It's our decision mm. because they may want that pay and it, it kind of offsets and it could be kind of seasonal. So it's not always a, I am the ruler. This is the answer, but I have a lot of the intuition of what to, to the angles to look at with the employees and the businesses. 
Um, and honestly, across the board in the industries, it's different from the heating, cooling guys to the uh, waterproofing guys to our cleaning company guys. Um, that part's pretty similar. If you think of your employees first, they'll take care of you and your business and the customer will always come back, right? So employees first, employees take care of customer, customer takes care of your business. Um, so when it comes to those kind of decision-making, it's easy. Now on the real estate side, um, that's more right on the numbers, right? Let's look at the property taxes, what are the taxes gonna go up, you know, all the, all the right KPIs. Roof, windows, what are we doing? Rents, you know, is it the right marketplace to be in? Um, that's a different thing. Is I don't really have any emotional feeling for real estate. <laughs> I think that is something that it was really good. Like you just hit me with something that I thought was super helpful, and it's it's a group decision, right? Like a lot of the bigger decisions. Like, let me ask you this question because this is going to help me kind of formulate that. Do you trust people? like full on until they give you a reason not to like, for instance, like your, like your employees or somebody like, do you give them a ton of leash and just say, I want you to figure it out kind of deal. Or is it, or is it? Cause like, for me, I like just saying figure like here, here's like an idea. And I don't want to like not help you if you have questions, certainly, sure, but, sure. but I love, when somebody takes something and does something completely different than I would, but it's better. Yeah, so I think in, in our industries are much different, right? For real estate and service. I would like to, I'd like to believe that, um, but unfortunately this is my business. We have standards we have to follow. Customer experience has to be the same across the board. Mm. The service has to be identical, step one through 10. So what I do is I just, we put together, you know, pretty deep, deep training monthly meetups, like with the guys and the crew and talk, um, evaluations, very, very loose evaluations, but just kind of like, what are we doing? Well, what are we doing wrong? How do we fix? Um, you know, I'm not a screaming and a yelling guy. It's a conversation. Uh, but what I do is I have good project managers and I explain to them what I expect. And then they talk to the next five people below them. Cause I can't talk to 11, all 11 at once while I'm also juggling other businesses. So it's not so much that I trust them to go run all their own independent service trucks, that can't happen. They have to follow our standard, but I trust them. I trust them to go do that and do it well. And then, um, and we treat them right for it. When we, I mean, we, our Google reviews are, I think we're over 565 star reviews. That's great. Um, yeah, and the technicians are listed in those. Like this technician did fantastic. And then we let the whole entire team know, Scott got one, Alicia got one, you know, so on and so forth. Um, one of our newest techs, Alicia, had talked to her project manager and she's like, how am I doing? I know that I'm running a little longer. My, my, her eight-hour day is about nine. And he's like, do you have any complaints? Have you had any bad reviews? She's like, no. Have you had any follow-ups or callbacks? No. He's like, okay. Has anybody told you to hurry up? She's like, no. He goes, then you're doing it. Mm. He's like, we're not in a hurry. We are not in a hurry. You get in a hurry and quality starts to dip. He's like, Randy does not want that, you know? And so she's like, wow, okay. And so she feels more confident and not stressed because we don't want employees stressed, right? Um, now, do I give out a lot of on the leash? Uh, I mean, I, I set the expectation, but I don't hound, I don't follow people around. I, I really think that we have a high quality number of adults around us and they should behave that way. And, and the other reason is when they don't, they're removed very quickly. I can be very dry that way, but it's again, we have to keep the standard. 
I love that. I think uh, having those procedures, that's, that's something that we, we probably need to do better at. And, uh, and it is a little different because it's, we're not, we're not really working with the public, right? So, so much it's, it's, it's mostly investment in, but still it's, uh, it's important that the expectations are set and we, when we, and we really do, but I think that's, that's really important on your end for sure. And I, I'll say something to your employee that, you know, it's like, even if they're asking how I'm doing, you know, that that's a good question, right? Like yeah. you want yeah. that, <laughs> yeah. you want yeah. someone like that. Right. Right. Yeah. You always wanted to, yeah. you always wanted to go to your coach. Like you always knew that that person was probably going to be good if they're like, coach, how am I doing? Right. Not. You, you right. know what I mean? <laughs> that was always right, a right. good Not thing. already walking on, the, right, right. Like they're all, all that, right. Exactly. Yeah. You, you want yeah. someone a little bit skeptical on how they're doing, a little paranoid, right? Not not crazy paranoid, but you should have a little paranoia. I feel like when the bosses were talking and they were talking about maybe it was a certain situation or it's like, you know, are you guys giving it your all? Do you really care? And it's like, I think they're talking to me. And it's like, they weren't. Like you'd go to them like, it was, Hey, was, is anything like, like, if you thought that was for you, that was not, but it's like, but that's yeah. the type of person you kind of want to be it's like, oh shit, it, I think they're talking to me. <laughs> well, and that's why I try to tell other owners uh, of service or product based, you know, any kind of employee based businesses, you really should have one-on-ones. These blanket comments don't work. Mm. Um, it, it's almost like how text is too dry. You can't read emotion. So mm-hmm. one of the first things I tell everybody that I work with or I'm friends with or anything, whatever I text you is always straightforward and positive. If I'm upset or we need to correct something, we're having a phone call because I don't want it to be misunderstood. Um, And I think that that's kind of like where you give out this blanket, like, oh, we need to up our numbers. Well, maybe not everybody, maybe somebody's got great numbers, but they, now they feel pressure. Like, wait a minute, my numbers are good. Your numbers are good. I meant everybody else. Then talk to them. Yes. You know, take the time. Like social media is great for the reach. Again, one-on-one face-to-face it's just, I, I really think that's making a comeback right now where people are, they want to go door to door to sell, not really specifically, but they want to talk to their, their market, you know, and social media does kind of bridge that gap. But I'm telling you, I think it's people who want to see people. Is that one of your, is that, is that like your strength? Is that like your biggest strength? Do you think is, is the like communication and being willing to put yourself out there and being the first one to say, Hey, let's meet for a coffee. Like, do you think that's one of your yeah. biggest strengths? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Can I tell you, um, <laughs> this is so weird. So you, you read it a lot, but you don't hear it the same way. You ever read books like a second time later on or later, a few years later on, you have different experience. You read the book again or the podcast, you hear it again. You're like, I got that now. Like you yes. hear it differently. Absolutely. Okay. So, yeah. So there was this uh, one Keller Williams book on, on real estate investor and, and how to build that business and um, or a real estate agent. I think the book was on real estate agent, but I read that one anyway. And um, the guy was like, oh, I wanted to live in this neighborhood. So I went to dinner in this neighborhood and I marketed in this neighborhood. I wanted the business from that neighborhood. So I just put myself there. Okay. I mean, I can do that. I want my business in Fairport, Penfield, Pittsburgh. What do I do? I go there, right? I go to lunch there. I post it on social media. I want that restaurant service for our commercial side. I want people there to see us and know us. Donate, give back. You'll never lose a dollar when you donate. You give back to schools, organizations, any kind of stuff like that. It's it's great, right? It, it feels good. It's good for your taxes. It's good for your community. 
Now, you just put yourself there. So I have to be in a lot of places, right? You say word of mouth is good. It's not good enough. I need 90 <laughs> service calls a week. I do talk a lot, but I can't talk that much. <laughs> so it's got to be, um, it's got to be a, like a multi-level service of like social media, door to door, whatever you can do to be out there. You know, that's brilliant. That's great. Yep. I love that. Yeah. And I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think that's kind of goes back to, you know, joining, you know, masterminds, cause you're going to be around those people that are doing it. Right. And it's, yeah. you know, yeah. I, I always believe, and I think you'd agree proximity is power. The people that you're around, you, you get ideas you get confidence that hey this guy is just a regular guy like me or a regular girl like well, listen, me why can't listen, i do it and that is absolutely the truth right because i really don't have a college degree i have a two-year degree um we talked we've talked as friends before but like you know i was raised in foster care then eventually into like you know an extended family which is an aunt and grandmother who would just whatever and then the minute i could i get out of the house join the army get out of the army have a child at 21 like it doesn't matter. Everybody's got a story. Everybody's mm. worked hard. But what I find is that it's extremely achievable. It's, I mean, it starts in the head, right? I always believe it's all in the mindset, but it's extremely achievable. There's no like guideline that says you have to have had this degree to be this successful outside of specific degrees, right? Outside of that. But if you're going to be a business owner, or if you're going to be uh, a real estate investor, which I believe is a business owner as well, I don't really, I think it falls under the same purview, but it's all in the brain and it is all in the experience and putting yourself out there in those groups can be nerve wracking until you, until it clicks, right? Like it clicks on a good idea that one good, the, the one good thing you heard somebody say like, Oh, this makes more sense to do it this way. Great. I wouldn't have learned that if I didn't go out there. And then you may, you know, most people get more motivated to go seek more of that information. Um, and, and, and man, there's just so many opportunities for like meetup groups in every kind of business. It's like, I, I don't like the gimmicky phrases, but like your network is your net worth. I mean, you're not kidding. You're not kidding. My wife and I had seven or eight people um, outside at our, uh, we, we have a fire pit and a patio. We had seven or eight business owners just to kind of sit and chat. And man, there was like two or three ideas where everybody stopped, wrote it down. Mm. Some people implemented it, some didn't. But man, that idea really accelerated some businesses because they just didn't know. They mm. didn't know. Yeah, I mean, um, it's as simple as just like paying for Google ads. People just don't know. They don't know you should pop update your website. Like, you know, we're talking like 30 years ago, people talk about websites. You're like, you're a dork. Guess what? I have a full team, full team. Google ads, SEO, blog posts, videos, everything gets uploaded on every platform all the time. Whoever said a carpet cleaner should have all that? Nobody, but it makes sense. Because across industry standards, this cosmetic company was doing it and that made sense. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Net worth, it made sense. Yeah, that's so good. I, it really is. I, I really believe the more hands you shake, the more money you make. And uh, uh -huh. I, I like it. And I live by that. And I, but I really, you know, one of the things that's clicked for me is that, and I, and let me ask you if this is, if you agree or if it's the same for you, but, you know, when I'm talking to somebody, I really find that I'm trying to just listen and, and, and just, I don't want them to know really much about me. And I feel like that's a good conversation when I, they go, wow, I really like Marty. I just don't know what he, like, you know what I mean? Like, and, and like, I know everything about you. You know, very little about me. Like, I think yeah. that's you always know, a you good hit the thing. Nail on, 
you hit the nail on the head of one of our trainings. So one of my employee trainings is ask two to three pointed questions to the homeowner. You're going to be in their home for three hours. Let them talk. We don't talk politics. We don't talk religion. We don't talk. Ask two to three pointed questions. Let them talk. And at the end of the service, they're like, that was the nicest guy ever. Yes. He listened. He's doing his job listening. And I'm telling you that customer relationship, that little bit of just, you know, people sometimes they're like, well, you know, don't talk to the handyman. Well, the handyman, I mean, all of our, we're all professional adults. Like, it's not the way it used to be, right? And um, when they ask you a good question, right? Like, oh, when did you move here? How long have you been here? You know, um, whatever, whatever it is. And people love to talk about themselves. Mm-hmm. So just let them, just let them, you know? And that, that's um, the greatest sales tip. It really is. Yeah, yeah. And so we try to train our employees to listen, but intently and try to catch two things that you can bring back to them. Now, again, we're training employees on ducting and carpet cleaning, but we're really training them on communication. Listen to the customer, bring something they said back to them so they can they know that you're listening to them. And then, of course, go through your script. And our scripts are like, these are the things we did today. This is how we did it. This is what to expect, right? Because the scripts are always going to be built off of experience. Our experiences, somebody might call back, hey, how long until I change my air filter? We didn't tell you. Now it's in our script. You know what I mean? So if our technician comes in and only says what he did and what the script is, okay, that works. But if they also talk to you and then they brought it up and they say, Hey, make sure you guys have a great time in Pennsylvania next week. And they're like, Oh my God, how great. You know, he listened. They don't say it, but they feel it. That's the difference maker, right? In, in the business is cause you know, people can learn. I'm sure like, that's probably like your, the simplest part is Hey, here's the job. Here's the task, right? And this is how we do it. But the big, like, where I, I believe, like, we're like the the whipped cream and the cherry on top is when you're able to have a conversation with them, and the, because then they're gonna refer you to somebody else, right? Because they're gonna they're gonna be like, I had such a great experience, and the experience is what you are trying to. That's how you separate yourself from everybody else. Is like, what was the experience like working with us, right? Is that fair to say? Yeah. That, that word is brought up in our, in our Google reviews multiple times. Best experience, great experience, the whole deal. Experience for duct cleaning, people don't think that exists, right? Experience for your carpet cleaning, like it's just like out of your mind that you can apply such a professional strategy to a, a, just a regular maintenance service. Now, a friend of mine, Anthony, owns um, Four Winds Chimney. He's huge on building culture. Like he has invested so much money into training into his technicians and team on the culture of the company so that that relates to the customer. Mm. And it's just one of those things where like he and I kind of like slide back and forth on some of those. We have a different like vocabulary for that kind of thing, but man, it's right on, you know? Mm. If people just, I don't know. I mean, we actually had a bad experience, right? So we hired a company to come in and do some um, window and, and door replacement for us. It was like such a bad experience that I physically gave all of our employees a dollar raise after a meeting explaining how bad of an experience this company came in and did for our home. And I reevaluated everything our technicians are doing. And I'm like, you guys are so good. Everybody got a race. Wow. Because I was like, I just, I feel so intent that they did such a bad job with our experience and that you guys do such a good job. It was a great reminder. And I want to make sure you know that. Mm. Um, and I was really disappointed. I mean, we knew the people uh, who came and did the work and uh, it was just disappointing, man. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on that? Like, do you think that business owners now, right? Like think about like a newer business owner and 
do, do you think they kind of missed that part? Do, do you think they maybe focused too much on the technique of the job itself and not so much on the experience? Because don't you think like the experience can it sometimes like if I don't want to say it outweighs the technique, but I, I, yeah, I just it does. think yeah, it does. Yeah. Yes, okay. It does. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, there are does. times when we have a car, we have there is a there's a hundred percent honesty. There are times when we walk in and we know specifically that that carpet is still gonna look like shit when we're done. Mm. Might look like better shit, but it's beat right. So then now we start with the expectations. Before we start, you understand these are the steps that we can apply. This is what you should expect, and then you dive into this the service, and then we automatically are going to do higher and level service, and then tell them. By the way, we did two extra steps. There's no additional charge. This is the extra that we wanted. That expectation, in addition, gives that customer the experience that like, great job. You did what you could. Instead of just being like a national brand company, what we call a splash and dash, and they get out. Yeah, we knew it wasn't going to clean up. Well, then why, why didn't you say something? Mm. We don't mind. We'll walk, we'll walk away, right? So when you say a new company... Um, you know, I was a new company. I made mistakes. That's how I learned to build correct scripts and things like that. Um, what I find is that some of the new companies I talk with and speak with don't know they should be doing that kind of like tracking. They don't know they should be tracking the things that went wrong and how to adjust them and build a script. They don't know the word script, right? Like you could be a window installer. You're like, what do you mean scripts? Yeah. Yes, you need scripts because it's just like everything. How do you do it? When you knock on the door, do you step back two feet and over one? Yes, because the door is going to open, right? That's the script. There's so many things that go into running a business. It can be overwhelming, but if you can get that workbook from somebody or build it yourself, there's, it's, just a, it's just like, huh, yes, we should look professional, behave professional, do these things. Um, and then when you are good at your skill, I think the biggest hiccup I've ever seen is somebody who's a, like, just a master craftsman and a terrible business owner. Mm. Maybe they even gave a good experience. Business owner might just be the back end. It might be the side where they don't track their customers. They don't track their receipts. They just, they're going to run broke, even though they're bringing in the dollars. There's just so much to it, Marty. There's there a lot. is. Yeah, no, there really is. And it, it, it translates very well, though, to, to real estate. Just because I'm thinking about, I got I to gotta brag. Like, we offer a very unique and unbelievable experience to our sellers and, and to you know, the people that we work with and help in, in, in the sellers that we take care of just from that initial first, you know, five seconds, like we're, we're aware, like you gotta be aware of the, the, the people are, you're going to walk into a house, tell you know, I'm going to take my shoes off, right? Let me take my shoes off. Like, I don't know if people are saying these things. Like, I don't know if people know right. how to, you know, Hey, as soon as you know, you have, you give them your name and you smile and you give them a handshake. Like, no, yeah, I don't know. Right. That, I don't know if this stuff is, see, it's common for me. I feel like it's obviously, you know, what this is, this is like, yeah, uh, obvious. it's like, oh yeah, obviously, but I don't know if this is obvious. No, it's not obvious. Um, even when we bring on great new employees, um, they can be a very uh, great potential employee, right? Like they have what it takes. We can mold them, but man, you're not wrong. You are not wrong. There are a lot of things people don't know, right? Um, I'll walk you through walking into the door of someone's home. If you don't pull that slide, that glass door closed all the way, it's going to blow open and snap and we're going to replace it because we were right. the last one to touch it. 
Right. <laughs> right. 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 But you don't know better because you're just so nervous. You got to go and hi, my name is, ooh, you know, you're yeah. so nervous your first time. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, there, there is a lot, man. There's a lot. Yeah. It's but funny. It's not hard. Like, it's no, just not hard. no, it's simple. It, it, it's, it's just something that it's, you want to, I think what it is, is like, you want to be, um, you want to be thinking about their experience too. Like, that's gotta be something that is a part of it. Like you want to be empathetic to like, I, I, I want to make sure this person feels comfortable. Right. Cause then if they feel comfortable, you can really, you can ask the, the asking for the order, you know, maybe the asking yeah, yeah, to, yeah. to do the upgrade, you know, it's, it's simpler. You, you feel better at it cause you built up the rapport. And that's what this is about. I think at the end of the day, it's just, it's having really good rapport and the better rapport you have, that's how people pay in full. They do, 100%. And I've had it so many times. I had one instance where we had a, um, we, we needed help. So we just brought in a lot of helpers. It was a flooded basement, right? Wearing booties in the house, right? We wear booties from the front door to the basement door, and then we go down, no booties. No, there was two guys down, there were booties on. Like you're standing in, you're standing in wet carpet, and you're now, are you going to walk those wet booties across the clean carpet upstairs? Right. Because the drop cloths aren't down yet, right? And even if they are, you're still like, we have to stop, stop and take steps, right? Now, on the flip side, I've had um, like pretty high-end, we do a lot of high-end um, residential duct cleaning, right? So high-end, like multi-million dollar homes, uh, you know, contracts and NDAs, stuff like that. And specifically, I was doing a walkthrough for one and uh, the homeowner was walking me down the stairs and I stopped and I adjusted his spindle because it just stood up. It was a little crooked, right? On the railing, the open railing. I was like, oh. and I turned it and he stopped. He looked at me. He's like, we're good. You got it. He's like, if you saw that and you paid attention, he's like, that wasn't even a test. He goes, I didn't see that. But the, just the OCD I have, he's like, all right, if that's how you manage, you got the job. Like, I love that. Like, that's it. And that's, yeah. that's like, that's you. I feel like that's like you and the, and you know, it's like those little things, fixing the little things. It's the little things that it make the adjustments that make a business yeah. be successful because it really is. It's, you could have a pretty good business, but it might not make it. It's the little things that will separate you and, and push you to that next step. Um, I know you're in Florida, so I don't want to keep you any longer, but I do have a couple bonus questions I want to ask you. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. So is there a metric that you track and, you know, it could just be just, I look at the bank accounts every day and which I do, but anyways, I'm just thinking, is there, if there's, you do. If there, go ahead. I was just going to say yes. And that's not, I want to hear your question, but I, everybody should look at their bank account. And I know. Look, yeah. I mean, you should absolutely, <laughs> you should be living, breathing your numbers in the flow of cash like this. You should have that down. Now think three to five years out, but you got to pay attention to today. But go ahead. No, and you're right. And I, it's, um, I think it's, again, that seems obvious, but it's not. So check out your credit cards, check out what your bank looks like. I'd look at it daily. I'm, I, I look maybe three, four times a day. Okay. So if there's only one metric that you can track in your business, what would you choose? Or what's one of the biggest ones that you're like, man, maybe people don't talk about this one, but this one's really important. I wish you had told me this question ahead of time. Um, <laughs> Man, I, you've got me at a loss of words, and that never happens. Because well, I ultimately want to say, I ultimately want to say money, right? Yeah. Well, that is. You know what I mean? Fair. I mean, it, it is extremely important to to finance your company. Um, I remember early on in my business, I said, "Oh, my goal is to." Like somebody had said, "You need to hire somebody sooner." And at the time, I was butting heads because I was really getting, I was getting my bank account rolling. 
And I said, well, I want to get to a point where I can bank for myself. And they're like, what does that mean? I said, well, I don't want to loan. I want to borrow my own money. I don't want to borrow mm. the bank's money. They're like, oh, that doesn't happen. Okay. Well, now people borrow my money. So that's how it works. <laughs> yeah, um, I like that. Yeah. But I would say knowing your numbers is a, a class in itself that I teach because it's extremely important. And is it a metric like by success? No, we measure success in so many different ways. It's like, you know, success with your friends, your family relationships, right? But at the end of the day, you need the money. I don't care what they say. You need money. You need cash flow. You need top end revenue. You need to know your numbers, your budget. So when you said you look at your number, your bank account a few times a day, some people are probably wondering why. I know why you do, because you have money coming in and out a lot. Person who works nine to five is not looking at their bank account every day because it's only going to move on Friday, right? Like right. That's it. Right. When you're in business, I mean, we move a ton of money through, um, let's just focus on the cleaning company because I don't really uh, oversee, or actually I'm sold out of the heating company and I, I'm very distant on the waterproofing company. But when it comes to the cleaning company, I mean, we move a ton of money. So we're looking at, I get weekly reports. I used to do it daily. It's impossible. So I get a weekly report, AR, like who owes us, right? Accounts payable is easy. We pay all our bills in full real quick. You know, insurance comes in, we pay for the entire year up front. Um, payroll, we're looking at those numbers, but they're pretty consistent. And then we're looking at like our ad spends because even though we invest a ton in all these contractors to do the work, there's an ad spend. You know what I mean? How much, you know, just the Super Bowl ads were 2,700 for that day, mm. right? Now, we're not in the Super Bowl. We were just ahead of the Super Bowl, but it was expensive. Yep. And I ran a video on that one where I was like, it's not going to bring a whole lot of leads, but it's all about that branding, right? Yeah. We want to dominate. We just yep. want to dominate. Yeah. So you got to know your numbers. And I, that's the metric we use, but it's not like one number we look at. You know, it's it's a scale of numbers. No, I think that's I think that's great. I uh I, I really like that because I, I I appreciate you saying that's normal. So thank you. <laughs> that the looking at your bank guns you know, is normal. I don't know if it's normal. I just think that some of us, you know, I think when you get there, you, you're paying attention. If you're on your way there, you're definitely paying attention. Yeah, you got to. Um, so I think I, I the, the answer to this question, you know, what do you do to intentionally network or mastermind with other business owners? What would you say? Would that be like, you know, you, you take them to coffee. Have I, I love, listen, I, I took this from you. I love getting breakfast now with people. I used to never, I used to be like, oh my God, I got to take this. You know, just because I was like, oh, how about we get a coffee? But like, now I'm like, hey, let's get breakfast. Right. So we're elevating that up a little bit. Um, part of this, like we're building out a coaching business. We're not in hundred percent. I don't think I should take my own advice and just get started because that's what I would tell somebody else but I'm a little OCD and I want things like prepared down the line. Sure. Um, but one of the things that I want to do in this like coaching side of the business would be like, okay, I'm going to set up a monthly breakfast and it's going to rotate and it's going to be six people. And it's going to be three high end you know, high end people and two brand new people, because there's a lot to learn across the board. Um, why do I do that? Efficiency. I don't want time to go to seven breakfasts, you know, cause there was a, a couple of years. I was three days a week at breakfast, three days a week at lunch. And then whatever two nights, you know, I could get an event and get to, I would go to chamber events, all kinds of stuff. Um, for those listening, if they're going to put themselves in that schedule, listen, go to that breakfast, ask questions, take notes, listen, don't go there and pitch yourself. Nobody gives a shit. Right. Listen, yep. right. Add value where you can and ask questions if you need to. So if you're not the upper in that breakfast, ask questions, but listen to the answers, Right. And then if you are the guy or the girl in the higher position, ask questions and let them come up with their own answers and guide them a little bit. I've often found that people who are successful love helping, helping other people. 
Yeah, I, I appreciate that. I think that's I think that's really good. And I um I, I just know how important it is to ask the questions, you know, as being typically the smaller guy in the in those you know meetings. And it's just and at the same time consistently listening just so that I can find out where I could add value to that person. Right. That's the whole point of why I'm asking questions, because typically they, if I'm asking a question, it's to know. But, you know, maybe they have a problem that comes through that question from their answer. And if I have a solution or I can add value, I want to do that because I want to I want to you know, have this again. I want to I want to have this relationship because I know that it could be mutually beneficial. Um, I would ask you, uh, Marty, I would not don't label yourself as the smaller guy mm. uh, because I don't know what metric you're using there, but. Your, your brain power, your knowledge, experience, and your drive, it, it's not measured against the money. It doesn't matter if you have 20 units and Joe has 30 or 100. You never know. You might have just been accidentally successful. And I've written an article on that. You can be accidentally successful. Hmm. Um, you know, the right time, the right place, the right, somebody said, buy this. He said, okay. So it's not, you don't measure that scale because I think you have a ton of power in that knowledge that you're carrying. And then your activity, right? Your activity of meeting with people is ahead of the scale. A lot of people aren't doing that. I appreciate that. I think you're right. I think that's a little bit of a limiting thing, and it could be a it could be actually a big impact on on uh, on how I do things. So I appreciate that. Um, last three questions because I really want to know this. What are some um, attributes of of really good leaders and coaches that that maybe people don't think about? You know, is it um, you know, is it willing to be humble? You know, is it willing to be someone that um, doesn't have to take, you know, get the credit as the owner? You know, what, what are some, what have you seen that some of the better coaches are doing? Um, if coaches are owners in general, I would say our number one thing is I'm going to say is patience. Mm, okay. um, you know, because it is very easy when someone is stewing on a question and they maybe have been like waiting to sit with you and talk to you at your coffee or your meeting. And in 10 seconds, you got the answer. You just be patient because that doesn't solve anything for them. It's like giving a kid answers on a test. They got to learn the process. So patience is key. Uh, just sitting back, listening. And also, maybe you don't have the answer. Maybe there's a few other, you know, side piece of information you need to hear. And if you're just patient, you're going to hear more, right? Um, I would say patience is a big, uh, a big deal. Just problem solving, just being able to be a problem solver. Um, Randy, I agree so, with that one. I, that, that you just, cause I have to say this, I have to interrupt you. I, no, please. I just think that when you said problem solver, I think people are like, yeah, I'm a problem solver. Right. Are you okay with problems is really what it is. It's not so much a problem solver. It's, are you willing to be okay with handling the stress of what a problem can give you? Because Yes, we all want to think that we're problem solvers, but it's more of how how much how heavy are the problems are you willing to take on? Because some of these things are heavy. Heavy. I've had some bad it's bad bad stuff happen in our business. Do you know what I mean? I've had trucks in accidents, you lose a service day, you lose all kinds of stuff. What do you do? One of my trucks off the road, you know, had to be towed, the whole deal. First thing I asked, are you okay? Sure. Right. Because you're not replaceable. My truck, it is, the people are going to be upset. You can't make their appointments today. We're going to figure that out. We have a, we'll, we'll figure it out, right? Because now we have a system in place of all these things, right? Um, but the problem solving is, again, I just go back to this whole, like, just be a human being for a minute and slow down. What happened? How can you help? So I had a, a rental property. 
property manager calls me. This is years ago. Hey, your front door is missing. We went inside, furnace, water heater, windows, all the shit's gone. You know, the appliances are gone. So, okay. How do you absorb that information? How do you deal with it? Do you get angry and scream? Whose fault is nothing? Stop. You can't do anything about it. Can't turn back time. How do we not see that happen again by setting a new system in place or something that has to be adjusted? That, that's your problem-solving techniques. How do you absorb that information? What do you do next? Yeah, that, that takes a lot of um, sometimes patience. like men, yeah, mental fortitude and patience and just, you know, it's like that Jocko Willink uh, video on YouTube where he's like, good. You know, you didn't, you didn't get that. You didn't get the promotion. Good. Give you more time to get better. Right. And it, and we take mm -hmm. that approach, Matt and I, like when I'm like, he'll be like, Hey, so that offer fell through. It's like, good. Better one's coming. Right. You know, it's like, oh, yeah. oh, it's yeah. hard, but that's really freaking hard. Right. It's easy to say it now after the problem. But all I know is with problem solving is that I finally like this year became okay with it because I was like, dude, that's your number one job as an owner is to solve a problem. But it was more of like understanding that this too shall pass, the good and the bad. Flying high, every deal's coming in, we're doing, we're crushing it. Dude, that's gonna pass. So it's it's trying to like level out and be level when it's going really good and really bad and just being that guy that can just say, good, all right, let's move on. And that can be tough. Yeah, I really think that, uh, again, I'm going to say it 100 times whenever you talk to me. It's all in that mindset, right? Yeah. Positive mindset. Didn't get the deal. Must not. It must not have been the right deal for you. you exactly. Know? All right, last question. What book would you recommend for a business owner or a real estate investor? I know you said Think, think and Grow Rich. I, I try to read that once a year. I love it. I actually do read it once a year just recently. So yeah, it's I, a great I, book. But what would be one book that you'd recommend or maybe the book that you just recently finished? Um, I think that quite honestly, there's a, there's a book by, I think it's Andrew Carnegie, how to win friends and influence people. You start with that. That's it's, it's got some great fundamentals in there for conversation into just any business is starting out or any business that wants to scale or do better is communication. So that's a great book. Um, it's not going to tell you how to get rich. It's not going to, you know, there's no secrets or anything like that, but it's just a good book on uh, communication. So how to win friends and influence people is a great book. I love it. Randy, where can people find you? Because you are a person who needs to be found. I don't want anybody around. <laughs> <laughs> uh, usually in Florida every other week. No, uh, <laughs> Facebook, Instagram. Um, you know, we have our websites for our businesses. Uh, my wife and I are building out the Sperling Group, which would be uh, its own coaching website, which there will also be a book report on there. So there'll be a running list of titles. So eventually when I get that loaded up, You'll be able to find books on real estate, find books on business, find books on communication. And each of those will have little blurbs of what I found in that book that I thought helpful. Um, so eventually the Sperling Group website will be uh, up and running probably in the next few weeks. Well, I uh, will be happy to send people that way because I know what a great job and a great company you've built. And typically you can tell that someone's got a nice company or a, a, a reputable company based on the type of person they are. And you're a world-class guy, so you have a world-class business. But uh, from that point, that is all. That is it. That is the show, ladies and gentlemen. Randy, thank you so much, buddy. Thank you. See you guys. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Marty Grisani Show. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave us an honest rating and review. 
If you're on Spotify, make sure you follow us for weekly episodes.